0: hey there it's pat miller the idea coach host to the pat miller show this show is for small business owners so they can make their business dreams come true our slogan is don't grow it alone and what you're going to hear is a broadcast of our show that's carried in 25 cities around the country thanks for tuning into the podcast hope you love it all right let's go
1: America's Small Business Conversation
0: is on the air.
1: It's the Pat Miller Show. One hour, exclusively for entrepreneurs. To work on your business. Not in it. It's time to solve problems. Capture opportunities. And celebrate your wins. Powered by the Idea Collective small business community. This is the Pat Miller Show.
0: Now your host.
1: Pat Miller, the idea coach.
0: Are you building a small business? Cool. I'm building a small business, and we are here to solve small business problems. Welcome to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. And on this program, we're looking at the things that we get stuck on, the things that we need to know more about, the things that, if we could get cleared up, we could move the business forward. We talk about it every single week. We interview the best and the brightest we can get our hands on. We also do some live brainstorming on this show. We're solving America's small business problems. I'm so glad that you're here. This week, my guests, man, they are good. First, we've got Precious L. Williams, the killer pitch master. You know that feeling when you got to stand up at networking and you got to do your 30 second elevator pitch and you sit down and nobody cared? Like they didn't even look up from their phone. They didn't care? Well, Precious L. Williams is the killer pitch master and she's going to tell us how to get their attention and to get them so interested they're lining up to talk to you after you speak. How about that? We're also going to talk about something that haunts all of us inbox. Overwhelm. How does your email box look right now? Got a million unread messages? Yeah, me too. Jennifer Buchholz is the expert on inbox overwhelm, and we're going to talk about tips and tricks and strategies so you can reduce that feeling. We're also going to talk about how to get a TED Talk stage. If you're a speaker or a coach or a writer or an influencer, it's like a big deal to get a TED Talk stage. I got one late in 2022, and I'm going to reflect on what I learned when I did the process. Because getting the stage is one thing, but making it count, that is something else. So I will reflect on that and share some tips and some observations that I had during that process. We'll start today's show here with a question that I get all the time. The problem is I don't have enough hours in the week. How can I be more productive? It's a question that comes up again and again and again. So I've put together five things to think about if you want to be more productive in your week. If you came from corporate, you need to unlearn their habits. This took me a minute to kind of think about. I needed to unlearn the way corporate told me to work because I had to break traffic laws and weave through a bunch of cars to get there by 8.30 in the morning, and I couldn't leave until 5 o'clock or the boss would look at me funny, so I had a very set schedule. Monday through Friday, 8.30 to 5, no questions asked. Even if I had nothing to do, even if I wasn't being productive, it was 8.30 to 5, Monday through Friday. Well, when you do your own thing, if you don't have a retail shop, like if you're a knowledge worker or a contractor or something, you get to pick when you work and you get to pick what works for you. Get to pick up the kids from school every day. You could just not work from 2.30 to 4. It's important for you to go to the gym in the morning. Great. Knock off from 8.30 till 10. You get to pick the schedule that works for you. And you get the opportunity to unlearn the schedule that corporate taught you. And here's where it gets really fun. What if you don't want to work on Fridays? Great, don't. Wait, what? I can only work four days a week? Yeah. What if I like to work from 5 p.m. to midnight? Great, do it. Huh? I don't have to work during the day? No. We get to pick. It's really liberating, and it's a little wild when you really put your head around, what would it be like if I only worked four days a week? So that's the first one. The second one is you got to get in tune with your peak production times. Everybody has times during the day when they just feel on it, where you work faster, you think clearer, and you get more things done. You might be 3 to 5 in the afternoon. I am like 6 until 9 in the morning. couple of cups of coffee. I'm awake. I'm caffeinated. I'm getting it done. I get more done before 9 a.m. than the rest of the day. It's just how I work. And we all need to know what those power times are because we need to protect them. I'm talking digging a trench, barbed wire, Armed guards, scary dogs, electric fences, protect those times. Your scheduling begins with knowing when you like to work and when you work at your best because no one else gets those times. No one. No clients, no partners, nobody. The beginning of your schedule is your peak time defended. From there, we will expand. So, when do you want to work? When do you work best? Those are your times. The next step is to go to your calendar and block out those times. So if 3 to 5 is your peak time, go to your calendar and block out 2 to 5 every day. No one's going to die. No one's going to even know that you've blocked out 2 to 5. So now you've gifted yourself those times. With those times blocked out, knowing that your peak hours are yours and yours alone, then you can bring in an automated calendar tool. Calendly is probably the best known, but there are a million of them. Here is my booking tool if you want to have a calendar meeting with me. It's effective because you don't have to go back and forth via email to book a time, one. And two, no one can pick your peak times. So no one can book you before you feel like working. Let's say you don't start your day until 10 a.m. And no one can book a time between 3 and 5, So the next question is, but Pat, what if they want to book with me and they have to wait like five or six days to get a meeting? Good. (laughs) Great. No problem. You can always have an exception made for them and have a nine o'clock coffee if you don't want to work till 10, but no one gets your peak times. Nobody, nobody, nobody gets your peak times because those are your most productive hours. We're talking about five ways you can become more productive as a small business owner. Here is the fourth. Meetings become emails. Emails become text messages. Every single time you can bump a commitment into that order, you win. So let's say you have a meeting on Thursday with Bob. Get a hold of Bob and say, hey, Bob, um... Can this meeting turn into an email? Like, what's the one thing that you need to get out of me? Oh, I want to talk to you about sponsorship for the Idea Collective Retreat. Awesome. You can reply to Bob with the PDF, with all of the sponsorship opportunities. No need for a meeting. Because think about what happens in a meeting. When you have a meeting, how are the kids? How is your weekend? What are you going to get for lunch? Blah, 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 blah. It's like 20 minutes of happy talk. And then you actually talk the business. Now, meetings have their place, but if every email becomes a meeting, you'll never get anything done. And every time you can turn a meeting into an email, you win. Same thing happens when an email becomes a text message. Instead of going back and forth in multiple paragraphs, you can just communicate with people quickly and easily and you're done. Meetings become emails. Emails become text messages. Work that plan and you will save yourself So much headache and so much time. So now we know, when do we want to work? When do we work best? How do people get in touch with us? And how we can compact the time down to the least amount of space. Because what we're creating here is as much free time in your calendar as possible. All of your greatest thinking, all of your greatest work will come when you're not chunking out your time. You're not doing 20 minutes of work and then another meeting. 20 minutes of work and then you got to go someplace. You have as much space uninterrupted as possible. And that's the fifth tip to be more productive. Uninterrupted time. Now this one may take a minute and you might have to like take a deep breath when you do it. But it works. You need to get Scarce and get off the grid when it's time to do your deep work. I'm talking phone on do not disturb, at least airplane mode is better. Email closed or offline inbox is better. Either way, get your phone out of arm's reach, get it offline, get into your web browser and block out social media. You need to like close the doors. Turn off the lights, practically. Nobody's home. I'm here to do my deep work. That's the fifth and final tip. It'll scare you when you do it, but I'm telling you, it will help you be more effective. That's how you become more productive. How do you get seen better? How do you stand out inside a networking meeting? Precious Elle Williams, the killer pitch master. She's going to tell us how to do it, Coming up next on this edition of The Pat Miller Show.
1: America's small business conversation continues next
0: on The Pat Miller Show. Krista Morrissey
2: for Choices Coaching and Consulting. Do you know where most small businesses go wrong? They invest in everything except their leaders. But through strong leaders comes strong business. Are you doing it wrong? Most small businesses focus on production and numbers. Production and numbers come through strong, resilient leaders. And strong leaders strengthen culture. They strengthen your resiliency and they strengthen your bottom line. I develop strong, resilient leaders who will drive your business. It is time for you to refocus your investment. Go to choicescoachingconsulting.com and let's you and I start the conversation now before someone else invest in your leaders. When you invest in your leaders, you invest in the bottom line of your business. Connect with Krista at choicescoachingconsulting.com. Act now, Krista at Consulting.com.
3: Developing your business is a journey, so make sure and bring along a trusted sidekick. As your business grows, Sidekick Accounting will be there. Sidekick Accounting's core services help take the confusion out of bookkeeping, Tax preparation and tax planning. Who's going to keep track of all those pesky receipts and invoices? Well, Sidekick Accounting has things covered as you grow your version of business success. So, whether your small business is a side hustle or a conduit to freedom and owning your own business in time, get in touch with a trusted Sidekick, Sidekick Accounting. There are expert advisors waiting to hear from you now. Feel free to call or send a text message to 414. 414- That's 414-310-7689. You can find them on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, or visit sidekick-accounting.com. Remember, developing your business is a journey, so bring along a trusted sidekick.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues on The Pat Miller Show.
0: Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. This is America's Small Business Conversation. Why are we on the air? Because no one's talking about small business and no one is giving you the respect that you deserve as someone that's taking an idea and a dream and trying to make it a reality. So I find it my responsibility to go out and find the best and the brightest and have them come on the air and teach you something so we can work on our business, not in it. And today I'm excited to welcome one of my favorites, Precious L. Williams, the Killer Pitchmaster, is here, and she's got stuff to teach us. But let's first say hello, Queen. It is great to see you. How are you?
4: I am all swell, and I'm so glad to be here too.
0: I'm so excited to have you. So, the Killer Pitchmaster. If someone's never had the honor of meeting you before, tell people what you do and what you teach people.
4: Well, I am Precious Williams, Pro Founder and CEO of Perfect Pitches by Precious. And as the killer pitch master, I am brought in to teach you how to slay all competition with a killer pitch. Whether it's your elevator, your media, your investor, your sales, your speaker, your interview pitch, I want you to be the only choice that matters. And how you pitch and communicate yourself will set you heads and tails above everyone else. And you will be the one only choice that matters when a decision needs to be made on products and services.
0: I don't think people appreciate how many times and in how many ways they have to introduce themselves, that they have to describe what they do. How come, one, we don't appreciate that? And two, many of us are not really good at it. Why do we struggle? I think that most people struggle with pitching themselves or introducing themselves.
4: is because they don't understand that every time you're giving a microphone or allowed to introduce yourself, you need to bless the microphone. Like what? Bless the light. But you need to bless them because most people don't take pitching seriously or they look at it as an afterthought. And if you can captivate and titillate, whether you have 30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half, that's what you need to do. You need to break out of the pattern of boring where people are like watching paint, want to watch paint dry or looking at their phone. If you can introduce yourself in an exciting way, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it really makes a difference and it makes you stand out. So starting off with the question, something that's going to, oh, you shake the cables and shake the pattern of boring. Now they're listening to you and bated breath. And even if they can't, they can't right now utilize your products and services, they know someone who can't. What are they going to do? They're going to look you up after you're talking because they're not going to worry about the person after you. They're like, you have captivated me. I need to know more. Where have you spoken? What do you do? What companies do you work with? If you're an entrepreneur, How can you utilize that? What goes into your social media posting? So bless the microphone. Start by interrupting the pattern of boring. Start with a question, a certain statistic or a quote, and then give them a fever for the flavor. If you understand what the challenge is and you speak to that, and then show why you are the solution. Notice I said 13-time national pitch champion. Been on Shark Tank, seen in Wall Street Journal, Forbes, and so have my clients, getting corporate training contracts or whatever. Bringing your product and your services to life, captivated and and now they're waiting
0: for how can I can't get in contact with you? I have two questions. One is yes. a quick answer, one is a little more involved. The quick okay. answer is when you say bless the microphone, you mean every time you get the opportunity to talk into the mic, you need to make sure you reintroduce yourself. Is that what you're saying?
4: Every single time, yes.
0: Wow. I don't think people would be comfortable doing that, but that's okay, right? We have to get into the habit of standing up for ourselves and proclaiming what we do. Is that what you're saying?
4: Right, because even though some people have heard you before, some other people have not. And so when you think about that, you know, there are people who have never heard you. And then for the people who have heard you, you are consistent. Hmm. They know you're going, blessing the microphone is all about the introduction and making sure that people are paying you attention. And so when you're at networking, it's not that you necessarily may have a microphone, but if you're given a chance to introduce yourself, make it count. Because since most people don't pay it that much attention or they're boring, the person who stands out, they're going to walk up to you. Before you offer business cards to try to get in contact, they're on you like white on rice. So take every opportunity as if it's the first. When they say back for the first time, I'm back for the first, second, third, fourth, fifth because there's always new people around. And that is how you gain clients, you gain sales, you gain customers, you are consistent and you take every time as if it's the first time.
0: So what I think makes this unique and the way that you explain it is it's science and style. Because if you listen to what you shared with us, you gotta know who your audience is, what their pain points are, what they're listening for, but then adding that style on top of it so you interrupt the pattern And they get to know you a little bit. I think I've heard a lot of people talk about the science side, know their pain points, know your audience, yada, yada, yada. Not a lot of people bring the style part. So if you're not naturally out there as an extrovert bouncing off the wall, telling people why you're fabulous, you know, what are some thought processes for someone who might be a little more introverted to find their style and bless the mic in a way that you would approve?
3: Well,
4: I love that. I get that question all the time, especially from introverts. And what I would tell you is when you are allowed to, when you get ready to bless the microphone, take a few seconds to draw all eyes to you. So that's silent. Use the power of silence. So now everybody's focused like, oh, nothing's that. And now you have their attention. And so you don't have to have a gregarious personality to captivate. So that when you speak, you speak with a authority. You speak with confidence and you speak with precision. Imagine if you had me all the time that I would be, I would, I would drive you out of your mind, but there's always that person that when they speak, people are listening because they rarely speak. So, you know, they drop in those nuggets. You have to be the quiet storm, but even in the quiet storm, you have to eyes- drop a set of books. Don't be afraid to use props. And I will challenge something that you said, Pat, you said something about you know, people will tell you knowing your audience. Sometimes you won't know because you're at different events. Hmm. Well, what you do need to have is the skeleton down. Because as you know, I'm the killer pitch master, but I know all, I'm, I am I am. so fabulous in all six forms of pitching. So within all of that, I'm needed somewhere. And you may only have 30 seconds, so you may focus on one. But if you've done it right, people will walk up to you and want to talk to you more. And find out the depth and breadth. Remember, a pitch is only a juicy morsel, giving them a taste of
0: more to come. And if you do it right, they'll be in your face. And I think that is the great takeaway here. We need to get their attention and get them ready to ask for more. So many people pitch or present themselves as if to say, well, this is my 30 second commercial. I need to give them all of my information at once. And then they wonder why no one comes up and talks to them after the event.
4: Right. And it has to be structured correctly. Right. So you it's about style. There's a reason why in crafting and creating pitches for different entrepreneurs or even sales teams is truly understanding that you still have to bring you. I'm a big personality and this wasn't accepted when I first started. But look how the tide has turned. And so the more you bring you into it and the more that you care about your audience hearing. So you're not boring them to tears that changes it. And so you see me, I'm, I'm always in color, flamboyant. There's always something going on. It's because I want you to pay attention from the time I open my mouth to the time I stop and I'll
0: be waiting for you. One of the smartest folks that I know, one of my favorites as well, Precious L. Williams, the killer pitch master. Thank you so much for coming on The Pat Miller Show.
4: Thank you so much for having me. Bless the mic.
0: Now you know how to stand out at your next networking meeting. How do you handle all of those emails that will come once people want to talk with you? Inbox overwhelm is a real thing. And we're going to solve that problem and give you the tips, tricks, and strategies you need with Jennifer Buchholz. Coming up in just a few moments on this edition of The Pat Miller Show.
1: America's small business
5: conversation continues next on The Pat Miller Show. Are you a woman who needs to protect and grow your business? Or do you have a secret dream to start one? I bet you do. If you don't have a lawyer on your side, you may be putting your family and personal assets at risk. I know, I know. You might be avoiding lawyers because they seem overwhelming or intimidating. That's why you have to meet the team at Athena Legal Solutions, LLC.com. This all woman team of talented lawyers are the most approachable, knowledgeable, and friendly team, you'll ever meet. They exist solely to support women business owners who often go without the legal support they truly need. In 2023, they want to help 223 women create a solid legal foundation for their business. The first 100 women who mention this ad will receive over $100 off of their LLC starter package. Visit Athena Legal Solutions LLC.com.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation continues
3: on the Pat Miller Show.
0: If you're like me, you live in your email inbox. It's more important than my phone, it's more important than my text messages and snail mail, forget it. Everything goes through my email inbox. However, if you're like me, your inbox is a little disorganized, aka a complete hot mess. And it can like make you feel terrible and it can make you feel overwhelmed. So if you're needing some TLC when it comes to your inbox, I've got just the person for you. Joining us today is the founder of Excel and Flourish, Jennifer Buchholst. She teaches courses on inbox overwhelm, and she's going to help us. JB, welcome to the Pat Miller Show. How are you today? Great, Pat. Thanks for having me. So glad you're here. So glad you're here. Desperately need your help. How come an email inbox can make us feel like it just makes us feel? Because it can feel overwhelming, suffocating, disorganized, like if I had hair, it would be on fire. How can an email inbox do that to us?
6: You know, it feels like it's that constant pressure. And for some people, the weight of the number of messages in their inbox is like a weight on their shoulders or taking up space in their brain. And we don't, We don't need that extra pressure. We have other stuff going on. We don't want our inbox to be the thing giving us all that pressure.
0: Is there a nostalgia here that we feel like we have to reply to all the messages like, ooh, someone wants to talk to me? Or is it something else that's driving some of this anxiety and overwhelm?
6: Oh, my gosh. So I will talk about how sometimes I feel like I'm an eighth grade girl. Now, I'm of a certain (laughs) age where in eighth grade, if the phone rang at home because we had a landline phone, Uh I'd go running for the phone, hoping it's for me. Somebody wants to talk to me. You can relate to that, right? Sure. You might not have been an eighth grade girl, but somebody (laughs) wants to talk to me, right? So I still think about that for people who keep their notifications turned on. Every time a notification dings, I turn into that eighth grade girl of, even if it's on somebody else's phone, because (laughs) I turn off every single notification. I don't have anything showing up as unread. There are no dings or alerts because it's so distracting and it adds to the pressure of, I should do this. I should be looking at that. You can relate, please. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. Let's start with accepting that we're not crazy if an email makes us upset. It is common for people to have big piles of unread email like this is not a unique lifestyle just to me.
6: Well, so, Pat, there's two types of people, according to studies from Microsoft, and maybe we'll throw in a third. There's what we call pilers, there's filers, and then there's deleters. Okay, so is gonna be the person who has their underwear drawer completely organized, right? They know exactly how everything is folded and should be so it fits. In email world, they put stuff where it belongs and they never have to wonder about where it is. A piler, on the other hand, it sounds like that's what you are. They just let it all pile up and, and that's okay. Honestly, one of the biggest differences is where you grew up in email. If you grew up in Outlook, you typically had folders. If you grew up in Gmail, you didn't need folders and you could just let it all pile up. So the first step is accepting that that's just who you are and how do you manage it so it doesn't create that frustration. Okay, I want to manage in a second, but I do want to
0: address the deleters. Those people are serial killers, right? That's like crazy to me.
6: My grandma is a deleter. She literally sends a message and deletes it as soon as it's been sent. And I'm like, grandma, you have no Context for this. And she's 85 and she's a rock star. So I'm there are many deleters out there. And yeah, they, they might be serial killers. Not my grandma, but yeah,
0: not your grandma, but everyone else that does that is partially crazy. Okay. So we're a filer, we're a piler. How do we make things better? What do you recommend to help us reduce the overwhelm with email?
6: Well, it's one thing if you're managing it on your computer, but if you're trying to manage all this stuff on your phone, I want you to start thinking about this. Stop the scroll. If you have so much stuff on your phone that you have to scroll multiple times to get through it, that's not working in your best interest. So instead, one of the biggest keys that I think can be helpful for people is one, having a clear indicator of your to-do item. And I mean visual, if you just leave stuff marked as unread, you can't tell the difference between whether it's actually something you need to do or it's just new stuff. So in any of your tools, whether you're using Outlook stuff or Gmail stuff, there's visual ways to, to indicate a star or a flag or something like that. So now you can see what you need to do. The other thing is to have a spot where you're storing the messages that you want to keep. And again, those filers are going to have folder, subfolder, 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 subfolder. You don't need all that. I literally have one folder that I call keep. Because searching, whether you're in Outlook or in Gmail, searching is great, right? Like that's what you're going to end up doing anyway. But if you can move anything that you want to keep and don't fret about, should I keep it or should I delete it? If you're asking that question, keep it. There's enough storage space. You're not going to run out of the gigabytes of storage space. So keep it, put it in your storage space. So then when it comes to trying to figure out what am I supposed to be doing, your inbox is really clean because it's just the stuff that you need to actually do. It's not storage.
0: We're talking about email overwhelm with Jennifer Buchholz, the founder of Excel and Flourish. Is this multiple times a day, one time a day? What do you recommend as an email rhythm?
6: You know, it depends for each person. I encourage people to get into a habit of only checking for new stuff a handful of times a day and that it can become a big habit to break because so many people are sucked into how quick do I need to respond but if you really talk to productivity experts they're saying you should not be checking for a new email more than three times a day if that feels ridiculous right I see Pat that's ridiculous insane well, consider that in many situations, you can be in a meeting for an hour and not check for new stuff. So what if you just, you know, start by only checking once an hour for new stuff? And that way it trains you into, well, how much new stuff am I really getting and how much of it is the old stuff piled up that I keep looking at?
0: Yes, over and over. And I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Uh, what about the cultural norms and expectations of where we're at right now. What do you think people expect when they send an email? Because we feel like, ooh, we've got a message, I better get back to them. But what is an acceptable response time today?
6: I think that really varies for the business that we're in and for the types of like urgent situations that we have to have. What I expect is that we set expectations around responsiveness. I remember when I was in corporate and somebody would send me an email and two minutes later, they'd be on the phone like, hey, did you see that email? (laughs) If this email should have been a phone call, you know, it's true. And now we have so many more ways of reaching people. So really think about what's your purpose of emailing? And, you know, I honestly believe that if I'm emailing somebody, it's going to sit. If I want to reach somebody more quickly, it's probably going to be in a messaging situation or in a text situation if I'm trying to get a hold of them quickly. So really know your audience and you know what you're expecting for a response and set expectations as the sender and the receiver. So for example, I sent a message to one of my team today and I said, look, I have a meeting with this person at two o'clock and I need your response by then. Otherwise, I'm going to make something up. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm telling them what I need from them in terms of a response. And if nothing else, if she reads that and she can't actually do it, response could be, I can't get back to you by that time. Here's what I can do. If you say things like ASAP or when you can, you're never going to hear back from them. Set expectation. (laughs) I did. I had one interesting interaction, though. As a sender of a message, I got a bounce back response or an automatic response from somebody that says, I only check by email and respond on Mondays and Thursdays. If you need something outside of that time, please call or send a message to my assistant. And I thought that was brilliant. What do you think?
0: Uh, well, I don't often email the King of England, but apparently you did, because that's a pretty power move right there, right? I only check my email twice a week. What a baller.
6: I about it. Very rarely is somebody going to have a Microsoft training emergency where they need me immediately to respond. It sets up some expectations. And guess what? She responded when she said she would. So I didn't have to wonder, did she get my message? When is she going to? She responded when her message said she would. That worked for me.
0: How we think about it, how we behave with it, and how we reduce the overwhelm in email. From the person that knows it best, Jennifer Buchholz, founder of Excel and Flourish. Thanks for coming on The Pat Miller Show.
6: Thanks for having me, Pat. Each week
0: on The Pat Miller Show, I like to pass along a small business podcast so you can continue to learn and develop as an entrepreneur. The show you should know is powered by Podcast Town. Podcast Town helps busy small business owners grow their business through podcasting. They help you launch, grow, and maximize your podcast. Learn more at podcasttown.net. This week's show you should know, the Entrepreneur Encounters podcast. It features small business owners on their entrepreneurial journey. Learn insights and strategies on how to grow your business based on the struggles, stories, and successes of the interview guests. Which Entrepreneur Encounter will change the course of your business? Find the show and check it out at patmillershow.com. Thinking about a TED Talk stage, wouldn't that be awesome? I had the opportunity to do one, and I'll tell you what I learned going through the process next on The Pat Miller Show.
1: America's Small Business Conversation continues next
0: on The Pat Miller Show.
3: You have a brand. Your business's brand is one of the most important things on your plate. As a business owner, you keep up with the trends. So what's hot these days? it's live events owning your small business combined with speaking at live events positions you as the expert in your field that's where bankable events comes into play bankable events is an event advisory and management firm with a primary focus on maximum conversion events with more than 4,000 live events under their belt they have the expertise to design face-to-face events that get your audience pumped up and generate profits the minute you partner with bankable events they'll start creating a customer customized strategy to take you from idea to income. Just think of the opportunities ahead for you. Call 303 or head to bankableevents.com. Join over 1000 other small business owners and CEOs who use Bankable Events to build community and drive revenue. That's bankableevents.com.
1: Now, America's Small Business Conversation
0: continues on the Pat Miller show. Welcome back to the Pat Miller Show. I had an opportunity late last year that I did not anticipate. Someone emailed me, hey, Pat, uh, TEDx is coming to Carroll University. You should apply. I thought, okay, sure, I'll give it a shot. So I put in, yes, I'd like to do a TEDx, blah, 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 blah. And they chose me. (laughs) So, like, for two weeks, I was freaking out. Oh, my goodness, I have this opportunity to do a TEDx. What should I do? So after freaking out for two weeks, I kind of calmed down and I got through the process. And I thought it might be helpful if I shared with you what I learned during the process. First of all, the topic was life is too short to build someone else's dream. It was all about entrepreneurialism and small business owners going out to make their dream a reality. My entire thought process was, if I'm going to get this shot... If I'm going to get this opportunity to stand on stage, I'm going to say what I think needs to be said. I'm not going to stand on the TEDx stage and say what I thought people wanted to hear. Now, if you are well-adjusted and smart, that probably comes to you naturally. But for me, I had to really think about that. Because I'm used to trying to create content that people will like and people will click on and, you know, people will think is good. But I really wanted to take the time to think about what needs to be said. What's not out there that needs to be out there? Because when you're on the TEDx stage, there's some credibility that you earn if you get past the process. So what I needed to say and what I wanted everyone to know is that 50% of small business owners are going to fail by year five, and that's not cool. I won't stand for it, and we need to do something about it. And the thing that we need to do about it is we need to let everybody know that small business gets easier when we start collaborating with one another. That's what needed to be said, so that's what I decided to write about. The second thing that I learned in the TEDx process is that the process will clarify your thinking. They give you the stage, and you can say whatever needs to be said for, I think it's fewer than 17, 18 minutes, something like that. I have a funny story about that. I'll tell you in a second. But, yeah, it's like 17 minutes, I think it was. Uh, And you've got all that time to do whatever you need to do. And by writing the process, writing the talk, it helped me clarify the way that I think about running a small business community and what the actual benefits are for small business owners to be in an online community. And the ideas are, it's easier to run a small business when you have people to ask advice and support from. You don't need to know everything in a college course. You just need the answers to the test. And isolation and loneliness will kill a small business owner. If you feel like you're out there doing it all by yourself, you'll get frustrated and quit. Those are the benefits of being in a community. And those are the things that I felt needed to be said. But it took me weeks and weeks of writing and editing and writing and editing to get it boiled down to what needed to be said. And the entire process just helped me so much. So if you're thinking about doing a TEDx, it will be great because you will churn through all of your thoughts and feelings and you'll keep on reducing it and reducing it to the essence of what you're trying to say. The other thing is that the practice that I did, helped me build confidence to just perform it, to just say what needs to be said. Because here was the evolution that I had. I started reciting what was on the written word, like saying the script and trying to not miss a word in the sentences. And as I watched the video back and I heard myself talking, I realized how scripted it sounded and how forced it was. And I didn't want it to be that. I wanted to be able to just go up and say what needed to be said. So as I practiced, and I practiced, it stripped away all of that stodgy, forced, fake feeling. And it got me to just go up there from my heart and say what needed to be said. In fact, during the talk, I even choked up a little bit, which I didn't anticipate, but it was so emotional to me. Now, I mentioned a funny story about the 17 minutes. My talk timed out to be about 13 when I was practicing it in the studio. Like, ah, this is going to be about 13. I'll have plenty of time, no problem. (laughs) I was so anxious and nervous on the day of the performance. I did it in like nine minutes and 30 seconds or something like that. So when the energy started and the uh, adrenaline hit, I flew through it, even though I tried not to do it. Okay, so as the... Stage time hit. The other thing I learned is that nerves are real. Now, I have been on the radio, like I am right now, for over 20 years. I've talked at basketball arenas. I've done keynotes before. I've interviewed rock stars. I've done all of these different things. And you would think that I wouldn't get nervous. Holy cats. I was more nervous than I can ever remember. Nerves are a real thing. And if you know that going in... And you know you're going to say exactly what needs to be said. It was almost comforting. And I know that sounds weird, but like I knew it was a big opportunity and I didn't want to mess it up. So the nerves were going to be there. Then the last thing that I want to share about the TED Talk experience, because it was really helpful for me. This was the nudge that I needed. There's something that's inside you right now that you feel must be said that you haven't written out yet. For most people, it's that book that you're going to write someday. It's that heretical thought that you have about your industry of why does this have to be that way it shouldn't be. Whatever that thing is, we've all got something. And are you going to let that just stay inside this whole time and never share it? We've all got that thing. And right now, it's just withering inside of you. And I knew that I needed to get up and say that small business is lonely and hard, don't grow it alone. And I knew that everyone needed to know about the Idea Collective and about how community can help small business owners grow. But it was the nudge that I needed to write it all out and to get it out into the world. So if you want to see my TED Talk, I'd love to share it with you. You can see it on YouTube, just Google Pat Miller TEDx Talk, or you can go to patmillershow.com and you can see it there. Speaking of patmillershow.com, you are going to come on the show, right? Because I need you to come on and tell us about why you're brilliant. Ask a question so we can solve your small business problem. Hit up patmillershow.com and we can welcome you as a guest on the show real soon i'm pat miller the idea coach i will talk to you next week right here during america's small business conversation thanks for tuning in thanks for listening to the pat miller show
1: see patmillershow.com for more information on today's guests events and the idea collective small business community
6: a worldwide group working together to fight fear
1: inexperience, and isolation for small business owners everywhere join us next week for the pat miller show and remember get clear work hard